0: Hey everyone, welcome to the TechMill podcast. Uh, this is season two of the podcast series. Mm-hmm. Just decided, Sorry. right? Yep, yep. So uh, yeah, this is a uh, TechMill is your local nonprofit where we support all things here tech and start in the Denton community. And uh, Dan. As a new board member of Techno. Mm-hmm. Some of you might have already met him. Dan is our new tech evangelist and uh, general do gooder yeah. guy.
1: Slash audio producer.
0: Slash new producer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That sounds weird. I never knew what a producer was. I'm the until, taker. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many titles. Would you like to introduce yourself, Dan?
2: Uh sure. Um you have fifteen seconds. Okay. I am Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I've lived in Denton for like ten years. Came here for
0: wait. Should we just tell them to listen to like episode three yeah, of and, season one? And
2: there's a lot more on episode three of season one. Listen to that. It's <laughs> got my whole that. history. Yeah,
0: you, that was uh was you, it? Our, was it episode three? It was because it was, uh, yeah, I right after so. Eric, and we recorded it at my house because uh, mm-hmm. on <laughs> on a bunch of boxes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some no set- boxes. I think you had table.
2: just maybe gotten this set up too, and you were kind of trying. I it was out,
0: trying it out. Yeah, I hadn't really. Figured it out, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, today, um, uh, so our, our usual format, you might have remembered as uh, we find individuals in the Denton community who, uh, you know, maybe work in the tech space or digital space, um, and you know, we want to ask them how and why they got to Denton, uh, but you know, we also want to kind of explore some new panels and topics, um, you know, and just kind of have some conversations about what's going on. So, uh, it just so happened that this weekend we were going to run Startup Weekend Here in Denton for the fifth or the fourth year. It's been five years. Um, And our facilitator uh, who is going to be here for the weekend is uh, Trey Steinhoff. Is that Steinhoff? Nailed it. That nailed it. All right. Well, we ended up canceling Startup Weekend and we did a product day instead. But Trey still came out because Trey's a super cool dude. Um, And uh, I had the opportunity to go visit Tampa last year to facilitate their event. And uh, I thought Tampa had a really cool startup community and i think one thing whenever we as facilitators travel to the other cities we have the opportunity to not only take whatever experience we've had and try and apply it to these other cities but also whatever they're doing learn about what's going on and what are the key resources there that work well and make a really i don't know interactive and dynamic community uh and learn from that and bring it back to your own city so um so yeah i wanted to talk a little bit about that today but uh Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me and <laughs>
1: driving me around and showing me all the wonders of Denton. The wonders yeah. of Denton.
0: What do you think so far? How do you like it?
1: Uh, I think it's. I think it's cool. I think that this is a. Well, I asked like thirty people what they thought of Denton that <laughs> yeah, lived I in noticed Denton.
0: That. What is your aggregate answer so far? My
1: aggregate answer is Denton is a lot like Austin, though some people don't like to admit it. <laughs> Denton is a big little city. Mm-hmm. Denton has a strong showing for the arts and the music scene. Mm-hmm. People pretty much just drink and eat all the time. <laughs> I um, mean, that's like global. I yeah, like, <laughs> they do, like, I would say school, a lot of breathing. Life yeah. forms even. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just overall, everyone's been pretty uh, kind and personable and have entertained my off the wall questions (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's cool and it seems like you've got a pretty good thing going here at stoke as well
0: yeah it's great so uh so tell us a little bit about trey and what does trey do um over in tampa
1: sure so uh trey is a designer um digital print um ui and ux and a fine artist i do a lot of multimedia work um paint and wood and stone and glass and all this fun stuff I also am on the board of a nonprofit in Tampa that is designed to empower aspiring entrepreneurs and existing entrepreneurs, and also uh, build up the tech community there as well, because those things are often closely intertwined. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, try try to keep a bunch of different hobbies and balls in the air while doing all that stuff as well.
0: Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, when I first met you, it was through Startup Weekend um, and it seems like you've been doing that for a long time. So, I mean, how did you get involved in Startup Weekend and, and how what kind of role do you think it plays in the Tampa community?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I uh, when I was in college at University of South Florida, I um, was very much trying to figure out what my future path was going to be. I kind of backed my way into a business major um, because I, I saw a bunch of things that I didn't want to do and business was ambiguous enough and I didn't know enough about it and widely applicable enough that I was like, okay, I will, I will choose a major one. Cause you're making me choose a major and two, this seems like a okay option. And, um, when I was there, I realized that, you know, you can get a degree in marketing and you'll know how to market things. You can get a degree in finance and you'll be able to crunch some numbers. You can get a degree in, you know, a particular business related field. But all those seemed, um, I don't know, uh, they they weren't particularly fascinating to me. I wasn't captivated by them like I was by a lot of like science topics, by a lot of philosophy topics. And then I realized that economics was kind of the the middle ground. And I also um, saw a course on entrepreneurship. And so, uh, you know, right around my junior year, I kind of had those revelations and I took courses that would, you know, give me more information about economics and entrepreneurship. And I had a really awesome set of teachers that really blew my mind about what a class could be and what business could be and really what it meant to be an entrepreneur as a lifestyle and a professional career. And um, they encouraged me to go to Startup Weekend in Tampa. They were the first people that told me about it, luckily. And um, essentially, I um, went out to startup weekend over the summer after I took that entrepreneurship course it was a creativity course and um it blew my mind. It was the coolest thing I'd ever been a part of. Um I so. when I was in when I was in high school, I I hadn't really seen like any developers or designers. I I hadn't even really seen motivated people in high school. And I didn't really see that in college either, right? Especially if you're like a freshman or a sophomore in college you're still shaking off like the high school rebellion and you're (laughs) you're, trying to figure out
2: how to not be productive. (laughs) That's
1: right. That's exactly right. And, uh, and so I I went to this, I went to startup weekend and it totally blew my mind. Like I was surrounded by all these people that were intelligent and motivated and talented and had skills that were useful and that were dynamic. Um, and they all, they all wanted to try really like they, they had the skills and they were ready to, get to know a stranger and put them to work, right? And so um, it was very empowering because I knew that I was interested in a lot of those topics and I knew that I wanted to be creative and I knew that entrepreneurship was probably the route that I I had to take, um, you know, to feel fulfilled. And all of a sudden I was in a place where I could get my hands dirty and really see what it was all about. And the energy in the room was just, it was enthralling. It was captivating. It was motivating. It was everything. Um, And so... Met some new people we made a company in three days, and that's what startup Weekends all about um, It was it was a very college idea. It was it was how can we bridge the gap between? Um, students with no experience and local companies that Need you know entry-level positions or are willing to invest in students with no experience mm-hmm. um, And so we, we call it Quala team um, And we ended up uh, getting second place and um, along the way there were tears there were there were like rejoice like rejoicing moments there was uh, all kinds of breakthroughs and like yeah, realizations um and it all worked out in the end made some friends for life um and kind of had a had a path that I knew I wanted to follow after that cool
0: and so you've been an organizer for 4 or 5 years now
1: i'd say f- I, th- I think I'm, I'm on my third, third year? year, but we've cool. hosted like multiple events a year. Right. So it Maybe this might like seem so much more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and yeah, running an event is a, it is it is tough, especially if you are also working a job or being mm-hmm. a student. Um, And so it's, it's, it's almost like it adds years. Yeah. Every time you have to host <laughs> one. What's the ramp
2: up time for like w- one of those events? How much runway do you give yourself in terms of like, Planning and,
1: I feel like every year you tell yourself you're going to start six seven months early, <laughs> and every year you start three months early, and it's just a total chaos up until the event, trying to figure out how you're going to make it work. Um, I'd say we probably average around, you know, first meeting four months before the event, and then people start to feel a sense of urgency about two and a half months before the event. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I usually I know like in the startup weekend guide. For organizing it's like three you need at least three months runway right and i feel like i told myself that this year and then you know you get like the first month is kind of a little fuzzy and then at the two-month mark you're like oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and you had you had a baby in the mix this time i did so have a baby in the mix this time it was a little bit different so but uh so yeah i mean um when i went i felt like the tampa i mean I, It's hard for me to say, like, startup community or tech community because I'm never really sure because they they do kind of intertwine so much. Um, But, I mean, what would you say the Tampa startup community is like uh, in general, like, uh, in terms of who are the key players in the community? Like, how do you think um, they interface with the community at large, and how are they about introducing or welcoming new entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So I think... Uh, we we briefly talked about Brad Feld's book, um, Startup Communities, I think mm-hmm. is the title. So I guess in Tampa, the big players are a supportive local government, I think, that might not necessarily know what to do, but they at least know that there should be entrepreneurship and tech happening in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is money available if you can go get it and prove that you deserve it. And I think that's a huge part of it. Tampa also has, you know, Tampa and St. Pete, Tampa Bay is really the right way to say this um, because it covers both those cities. There is the University of South Florida, the University of Tampa. There's Eckert. There are are like a few community colleges. And I I think there's another one that I'm just forgetting about, like St. Leo's in there too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there is a large amount of young, talented people that roll through Tampa. And I think that Tampa is a Centralized location for all of the Florida universities. Mm. So you've got people that are going to school at UM Miami. You get people that are going to UCF in Orlando. You get people that are going to FSU in Tallahassee, Jacksonville, UNF, New College, like all these places. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of data out there about how a lot of those kids are coming to Tampa, right? Because it's it's got a lot going for it. And I guess we'll get into it. But the big the big players are supportive government, um, a influx of young students. And I'd say a business community that is conscious of their role in it all mm-hmm. and understands how they benefit from it too. Um, and past that, it's just the ambiguous human factor, right? The community air yeah, quotes, yeah. right? Um, who's who's going to be involved this year? Who's who's stepping up to the plate this year? Who's running a nonprofit? Who's throwing an event? Um, and that's a little bit more amorphous than yeah. the other things. Like and hard to describe. Yeah, yeah, and th- I think that those that has more ebbs and flows than the other things. The other things are institutions, and they're you know, they're kids moving places. Like it's just going to keep happening. But the yeah. community aspect is, mm. it, it it largely depends on variable human interactions. Mm. Just who's the, what group of people is going to put their head down and do something for everybody else and themselves at the same time, and you know that comes and goes. I think.
0: Cool. Hmm. Do you have anything else out of that?
2: Well, it's uh, it struck me that uh, there's so many colleges in the area, and actually, when yeah, you yeah, that realize that that's a I, lot. And we also, I mean, there's if if you expand out just thirty miles from Denton, there's you know, that du- dozen universities.
0: I mean, um, yeah, it includes the rest of the metroplex. Yeah. Um, I and it, you know, it's it's you say it's interesting you say that because I feel like, I mean, Denton is a college is a college town. I mean, we have uh university north texas texas women's university nctc which has three Mm -hmm. campuses nearby um and then you know if you go a little bit further there's the ones around town or like the ones around the metroplex but um i feel like it has been it can be challenging to work with universities and um i've said this a lot since you've been here is that unless you have like champions in those communities who are really trying to put forth the effort to connect the universities and more like more connecting the students with the local communities um, can be challenging if you don't have those people um, so how do you think how, how does Tampa or, or what do you see is happening in Tampa um, in terms of connecting those students and getting them more involved in the community I mean is it just flyers on polls and they just show up or is it social media is it you know you're just throwing parties and they're like hey look free stuff <laughs> yeah I yeah. think
2: you kind of met, mentioned yesterday like like branding like what is
1: yeah, What is that all good questions. So I think I was fortunate that I started getting involved when I was on the inside. And so I made a lot of connections that helped. I like founded the entrepreneurship club at my university. Um, and so I, I did what I could there. You know, I I only had the club for a year. So it wasn't like a monstrous success because you kind of pass it off to whoever's willing to take it. And it's theirs then. Um, but I think I. Uh, I made enough connections with my professors and they liked me enough by the time i was a senior that i could i could send them an email and say hey we're about to throw this event or there's this thing going on and your students should probably know about this and um i tried to make sure that i communicated well how much these events helped me and how much of an impact it made to get me to be a success story for the school um so that the business school could flaunt you know my achievements or the my classmates achievements right it's um, you know, they, they saw the value. I communicated the value and they let me go and talk to the students and, you know, doing that you get, if you get 10 students to come out to an event, like that's a success in my book. Um, but, uh, I, it's, it's interesting. Um, I've done a lot of research into like the university dynamic recently, cause I, I went on startup bus and we started a company that was all about, uh, the university system. And, and we learned a ton a ton about like the internal politics and the bureaucracy of it, of it all and um, University of South Florida has a Tampa campus and st. Pete campus the sister cities that make up Tampa Bay and uh, The st. Pete campus had this rock star entrepreneurship program I wasn't a part of it, but I've heard like the all the stories and I know all the people that came out of it And they're all great people that are killing it, right? A lot of great companies have come have come from it but like when it came time to secure the funding for the entrepreneurship program, the rest of the professors and faculty at USF St. Pete shut it down because reallocating money towards the entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship program would take it away from literature, history, arts, like science, whatever else it is, right? The, the money's gotta come from somewhere. It's probably gonna come from an underperforming department. And because of that internal bureaucracy, that, that like star program that was winning awards got shut down. Um, and so that's that's kind of a shame. It's and it's like you said, it's hard to work with universities largely for that reason, because you've got to navigate these people and their interests to get them to cooperate, and they might not see things the way you see them. Um, USF Tampa has a master's in entrepreneurship, which is better than nothing. Um, but I think I think some of the undergraduate programs uh, still exist, but some of them don't anymore. Undergraduate co- courses entrepreneurship, it's just a minor. Um, I ended up getting a minor in that. So, you know, I still can kind of reach out to those professors and, you know, the the Startup Weekend mission and branding is pure enough that if you say it, they're probably going to get it. If they teach entrepreneurship, they're probably going to buy in. Mm-hmm. So um, that helps. Does does didn't have
0: entrepreneurship programs in your schools? So uh, at UNT there was something called the Murphy Center for Entrepreneurship, sure. um, and that shut down in 2014, 2013, something like that. Um, yeah, I think it was a deal where they just didn't have any more funding. But I heard uh, last week that they're going to be bringing it back. Good. Um, this coming year or something like that. Um, All right. Yeah. You know uh, I mean, there's Michael Rondelli, who is new to UNT. He's been here for about a year, um, and I think he's kind of helping lead up a lot of these, uh, getting more students involved, or at least getting the university kind of involved in these uh, city or community-based programs. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting because I got involved in Startup Weekend while I was in school, but I was an entrepreneur student. I wasn't. I was originally in college business, but I went to engineering. Um, Because I was doing networking and I just thought engineering was more appropriate. Um, But in these entrepreneurship programs, I have no frame of reference because I have not gone through an entrepreneurship program. You know, in the community when when people like us are teaching these lean startup principles or, you know, these product development workshops or whatever they're doing, um, I feel like it's a little more raw. Like this is the information you need to know, like the the, the nitty gritty, down and dirty kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how does that? Reflect differently from what they're teaching students in school like in an entrepreneurship program.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I Like I said, I got I got a minor there and the best course I ever took in my university was creativity and innovation entrepreneurship And it was it was more of like a deconstruction than an education It was like deprogramming all of these students from their traditional education Shaking up the way they thought about the world, and they they taught lessons in like how to be a creative person, how to deal with ambiguity, how to accept other people's opinions, how to just brainstorm, and a lot of these like creativity philosophies um, they they used that as the base in entrepreneurship came from that. The other programming for the minor was more it it wasn't quite as engaging and it was more like textbook work like this is the difference between a sole proprietorship and an s corp like <laughs> it, um it you know some leadership courses or management things um it it was it wasn't that like engaging nitty-gritty stuff that you're talking about that happens at these workshops and these community events that i think are more useful when you are like on the grind and considering starting something by yourself or with a small team and also way more fun and engaging and like way more empowering. Like getting lost in it and you know, the legality of choosing your your like way you're gonna file your company, it it's important, mm-hmm. but like that's not gonna inspire a student to be an entrepreneur, right? That's not gonna give someone a framework that they can use to like bring their ideas yeah. to life.
2: I might even do the
1: opposite.
0: It, like, right, yeah, I'm yeah. scare them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: But that said, that's that's my experience through USF. So U T university of tampa is a private school in downtown tampa and they just threw money at their entrepreneurship program they built this like tens of millions of dollars entrepreneurship center and we hosted an awesome startup weekend in there they have like an incubator they had a bunch of companies come out of there they have leadership that believes and cares and gets it um so like there's so many universities there that you know you got a chance with all of them so can you pull the strings and meet the people to get them to give a little bit back to you and the community and help get the students engaged? Mm-hmm. Um, but UT is probably the, the entrepreneurship star in Tampa right now because they, they see the gap and they're largely supported by businesses as a private university. And so they get the value a little bit more directly than USF might. Yeah. Right,
0: that's cool. So I mean, I know also that uh, Tampa, uh, can we talk briefly about what the landscape of kind of co-working or incubators or accelerators are like in Tampa right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, this is actually a conversation I had recently with somebody in Tampa, and it, so there's the Tampa Bay Wave, which is probably like the most well-known and established co-working slash incubator slash accelerator. Um, they've been around for a while. They've they've been you know given space by different. You know, charities by different businesses, by you know government organizations, and been given grants and stuff like that. Um, and that's that's done well for them, and they've they've put out some some good companies and some good people and built a community. But again, like there's this amorphous aspect of a co-working space that is not so quantifiable. Like, how many companies have you put out? It's how engaging are you, and how how many people want to come back. And how many kids want to come there because it's so cool yeah. to be in that community. How do you measure
2: mm-hmm. the like the attractor? Right. And I think
1: <laughs> I don't think that's where it was before right now. I think it's I think it's um it's it's lacking a little bit um there at at the wave. But that said, they still do a lot of great work. I still think that they have a lot of great companies, but I'm 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 ready for them to be at what they could be. Mm-hmm. I interned there when I was a student and it was totally different, but it wasn't ideal then, but it was different. Um, but they have so much potential and they can definitely do a lot of great things. So um, I, I, would, I would not ever get rid of them. I think they're great, but I, I acknowledge you know, where we can get better because I feel responsible for that as well as a community like member and hopefully leader, right? Um, other co-working spaces exist that, again, like, are just spaces, right? That mm-hmm. People have desks and they work there, all kinds of different companies. It's, it's not that like, techie techy accelerator we're coming here to grind and maybe have a beer at the end of the day (laughs) and we're gonna build the next cool thing right um it's it's funding or uh,
2: you know yeah that kind of
1: they're not putting you in contact with your and yeah and uh, the wave just started a seed fund like they just got their first seed fund so that's gonna help and again they're they got the good trajectory It's, it's getting better there but um outside of that like saint pete doesn't really have a central hub for tech um uh but there are a lot of organizations that are involved, like we have um t i e which is an entrepreneurship organization there's our organization Startup of Tampa bay um there is um another one that's they they throw like a bar camp i, I don't know oh yeah. I,
0: we ran a bar camp uh two years ago in Dallas yeah. and it was uh, it was amazing it was truly one i i really want to do a bar camp I didn't cause it's I great the community would love it so. yeah. I would recommend. So we there are a good amount of non, non-profit organizations
1: around, but it, to get to the the core of your question, which was co-working and incubators and stuff, it's pretty much just the wave until like a month ago when we brought Dreamit into into Tampa. And for those of you that don't know, Dreamit is the number one accelerator in the country. Um, and they do all kinds of stuff with ed tech. They do all kinds of stuff with healthcare. And um, Bill Gates and Jeff Fennec, who own a ridiculous amount of property in Tampa. Right. Uh attracted Dreamit to come in and do a urban technology cohort for the first round and I went to an event with them um and got to meet all of them and it it seems like uh it seems like Dreamit will be in Tampa for a long time so I think that that's a good sign.
0: Yeah. That's cool. I mean, what do you uh you know, I feel like there's a kind of similar connection to what Tampa Bay T- Tampa Bay Wave, Tampa Wave, Tampa Bay Wave. Tampa yeah. Bay Wave. kind of has with stoke we have here in denton Um, and i think that one of the biggest challenges we've had here in denton is kind of defining for a more traditional crowd what what the purpose of a co-working space is and also what the difference between a co-working space and an incubator and an accelerator is Mm -hmm. um, i think has been uh, really challenging because there's a lot of terminology and you know words and uh, just like general media perception about what these things are mm-hmm. um and what they're supposed to be providing and i think for us um in general i think the goal of stoke first and foremost is to build density in the community and uh put tech and startups in one roof right mm-hmm. and that was a problem we've had before that because you know we were running workshops and events out of Bars and libraries and coffee shops <laughs> and just basically any any space yeah. anyone would rent to us, um, you know that's where we would go. But that's not a great plan for yeah. building. It community. was really difficult
2: to keep people involved when. Yeah. Like I was doing the the Node School and it was like a different coffee shop every weekend. Yeah. And people would just show up at the wrong at the wrong the one. Because you know, <laughs> they're like, I thought that's where we met. Like, no, no. Uh, today we're at Aura, but <laughs> last week we're at Zara. Yeah.
0: Went the else. White House? Oh no, the White House shut down. Yeah. Well, now it's a taco bar. Well, let's just have tacos. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah uh, it's it's an it's an
1: interesting um, it's an interesting challenge for you guys, particularly because you you are a college town. You identify yeah. as a college town, so it's. I kind of yeah
2: yeah. I kind of want to go back to something though that I think because we were kind of getting into the like Stoke. Uh, so like this the space and then also that kind of i think it sounds like a little bit of that you know uh, maybe not like criticism but you you know you like there's obviously some like areas that um we, we could we could bolster kind of like al- almost the morale of, right. of people and like try to get more of that potential out of them i think and um we, uh, like when Stoke started, you know, listening to like c- city council kind of had this one idea, but it, it, it seemed like that vision between them wasn't necessarily shared. And then the people that they went into partnership with didn't really have that shared
1: vision. What's the sauce that makes the community work?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. And then like, how do you kind of communicate that vision and get people excited about it?
1: Right. Right. It's, that's a hard question, but I, I will speculate. Um, I, we talked about branding a little bit. I think the right branding and the right messaging is huge. Um, and we, I think that we've had like bright spots and and dark spots in Tampa for how to get that across. Um, you know, a student might want something from a community or or an event that's completely different from your business partner or a local or someone who's 40 and wants a career change. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, if you can distill what your core group of people's goal is for the community into something that's meaningful and easy to digest and welcoming to people that can take what they can get out of it that you will you'll see you'll see that the community naturally happens and then you can foster it more through your your actions and the way you treat people and the way you can collaborate and the way you can throw these events and get people involved in a bunch of different ways yeah. um, it it's a, it's a tricky problem because every human is motivated by their own set of, you know, uh, goals and outcomes and stuff. But I think that the I think the big driver for people at large is not so much, you know, I want to get this career. I want this thing. It's mm-hmm. do I feel welcomed in this community? Yeah. Like, do I feel like I've got people that have my back and I have their back? Mm-hmm. Do I feel like I have people that I can learn and grow with? Yeah, I think that is. It's much harder than going to your next career, yeah. But it's probably more important.
2: It actually is that community aspect too. I mean, we say community, but I think community here is a lot more than just a group of people that share a particular interest. It's it's more about the the deeper sense of community, which right. is like has to do with place and has to do with. Uh, like you know s- synergies of willpower
0: <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> right yeah. yeah and i and i think that one thing that whenever uh i feel we're lucky to have started Techmill when we did um be, because before techmill there wasn't really a single organization kind of promoting and supporting the tech or startup community or just i think entrepreneurship in general um in denton and you know I have been in the start the DFW startup community for the past five or six years, and uh, I think um, if you've ever met Michael Sidorzewski, who is a mm-hmm. g- great mentor um, and startup advocate in Dallas. I mean, he's tra- they sold their house and they're like traveling now, just doing whatever they want. But uh, like on the road, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Um, but he had always pr- uh, promoted um, a give a give first mentality. In Dallas, and I think that's very prevalent in Boulder where he had been for a long time. And I uh, bringing that to Denton and making that the first thing that everyone understands is, uh, you know, TechMill is a give-first uh, uh, organization and we want to make sure everyone has a give-first mentality where, um, you know, you shouldn't come into a community expecting something from it. You should always be willing to give something of yourself first um, because everyone, everyone in any room at any point in time knows something someone else doesn't. And I think... For us to kind of, um, uh, you know, support that and let them uh, teach everyone else that exp- their experience or whatever they have uh, builds a strong community because it doesn't make them feel so left out or so alone. You know, mm-hmm. while people do show up and they want to learn something, you know, it's good to let them know that they also have something they can contribute back, and yeah. I think that gets them more engaged in the community in the long run. So. Absolutely,
1: I completely agree. That's the that's the TechStars kind of mantra as well as giving first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's huge, and I, I think that uh, it's, it's something that is often at odds with super motivated entrepreneur types, right? Because yeah. we tend to be kind of selfish assholes. Kind of seems <laughs>
2: right. It sort of seems like a big ask. Yeah,
1: and yeah. so it's, it's. Um, I I think that it's it's a little contrary to what somebody who wants to you know take over the world with their company might be thinking, mm. but it's ultimately what's going to make people want to work with them. It's what's gonna make other companies come around, push them to go further, right? It's gonna what's it's what's gonna incubate your little community of people that come and go and make people stick around. I think you're right. I think giving first is a is a big part of it, um, and and even just doing the little, the little things that make for good friendships and and all that jazz. But something that we talked about a little bit yesterday was the the concept of collisions, and I don't remember. Who who's the the guy that came up with the the you know the buzzword? But <laughs> the idea is that um, all great communities, particularly startup communities, facilitate a lot of collisions, right? Where where these creative people are meeting each other, even if it's in a taco spot that changes every week, right? It's 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 important because you know one conversation might not mean anything. It could just be a high bye It could be this is what I do. This is what you do. We we both like, you know, the Dallas Stars or something like that, right? But um, the next person you talk to could be your business partner. Right. The person after that could give you a contract. And the person after that could be your wife, right, or yeah. your husband, right? It's like uh, the Kevin Bacon.
0: <laughs> Six degrees
1: of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> uh, when, when bacon collides. <laughs> uh, no, it's um, I, I think that that's a huge part of it. And um, if you can continually put people in the room, then something good's gonna come out of it eventually, um, and the, the the struggle is, someone's gotta be the person that puts up the room, right? So someone's gotta give up their time and themselves to make the weekly meeting happen, to make the startup weekend happen, to make the co-working space function, right? Um, and it, the oftentimes that's not that's not paid, and that's where it comes down to messaging. That's yeah. where it comes down to, like, it's it falls on that person to figure out how to not make their efforts futile. Like, it right. falls on that person to figure out how to make it last. And I would love to just sit down and have, like a, like, a power hour of how can you turn a transient college community into something that will continually attract people and doesn't require you to start from scratch every two years.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe, like we just talked about, like, give first and the thing like I don't want it to sound too cynical, but I, I did kind of pick up on like Yeah, but you're asking someone to like invest in something that they're not that they don't know that they're gonna get anything out of yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted like Dude, do you have any thoughts in terms of like how tech mill f- f-
1: or my organization yeah, start at right. Tampa Bay? Yeah, I think we're in a similar position. We're in, we're, in, we're in a similar spot um, how, how can you motivate volunteers? Right? like how do, you, how do you get a volunteer to give as much as, as you're giving or you think you're giving? Um, I, I think that you can probably learn a lot of lessons from startup organizations that have good company cultures that make their their members feel empowered, that give their members ownership stake, yes. that works with them on what, what they could foreseeably, foreseeably get out of it, um, and that also buy into the cause. And I, I don't think you can make someone buy in I think they just buy in your messaging. will get them on the hook, right? Right. They'll they'll get them to come to the first couple meetings. But after that, like if they don't buy in, they don't buy in. And you frankly don't have time for them. Like you, you do not have to win their hearts and minds. They should be one if they care. Um, but then after that, it's like, how, how can you, how can you lead people so that they do see that tangible return? So like, let's say you guys need some, some branding Mm -hmm. for your next event. Um, And You know that there are a ton of artsy people a lot of designers in town a lot of students that probably need a portfolio boost Right. How can you find someone that buys in enough to the mission to stick around and help while they can but also? Let them build their portfolio, right? Like if it's it's it seems like there are opportunities here for them to altruistically give back and also get something in return even if it's just all of a sudden, they've got you know ten social media posts and a flyer and a logo. That's also going to help you throw your event, and attract the next person. Yeah. They're getting something out of it directly, and maybe it's finance, maybe it's marketing, maybe it's you know, um, you guys need a, a app that's going to let you run your events, and some yeah. young junior developer is going to help build it because he gets it and he wants it too. Um, maybe that's it. You you have to find those people.
2: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, the the other side of what. Tecmo, I think, is focused on, a lot of that is education Mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, it's one thing to be excited about something, but if you kind of can't execute that idea, then you're sort of, and it's really difficult to get off the ground, I I think, but luckily we have some kind of emergent user groups in town (laughs) that, that have been meeting up like every month and I think are really excited about getting people with very little experience um, exposure to people who've been in the industry in a a long time and have built a lot of things and have a lot of experience. Sure. And are sharing. So that kind of, I think that's like bolstering this ability and like maybe one of the things is like little Denton, you know, or like we, we call Denton uh, like little in a lot of ways or call it like little D. Yeah. Um, compared to, compared to a place like Dallas, but, um, I think that's just kind of we're 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 in like almost like a like a like like a fetal state or something, or right. like, uh, and yeah, we we are at, at that place where there's a lot of excitement and a lot of yeah. kind of fresh ideas like can emerge. Like the the, the ground, I think, is pretty uh, fertile. I'm mixing a lot of metaphors, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
1: <laughs> I I think uh, you know there. are, there are educational organizations that play a part of it. Like I know you guys had an iron yard. I don't know. Was that in Austin or is that in That Atlanta? was in Austin. Austin. Yeah. We had one in, in St. Pete and it shut down. So mm-hmm. that's why they didn't get a shout out before when us reeling off working spaces. Cause they're not there anymore. And mm-hmm. the space that was hosting them is kind of a, uh, it's more of like a lifestyle elite entrepreneur thing. It's not really a tech thing since they're not there anymore, but it's an awesome space. It's just not quite what we were talking about. Um, but I, I think, uh, I think that you know when you when you have the schools, whether they're tech focused or not um, I've always wanted to explore the model of a nonprofit that kind of lets these young students or lets these motivated people use the nonprofit as a blank canvas um, you know you you set up the structure as the founder or the board member, and then the appeal to somebody else is this can be your thing yeah right? this is. It's my thing, and it's our thing, and it's Denton's thing, but it, it can be your thing. Yeah, like you can run an event and brand it, or or you can go and close the sponsorship and shake hands with the CEOs that are going to help you like run your event, and you can get that benefit. It's your thing, and that I think can either be very intimidating, or it can be the thing that makes that buy-in happen. Yeah, and, and it makes a transient student population continually interested if you can get to those motivated people and that might come yeah that might come from your connection and showing to diversity.
2: yeah having some success because we definitely have success stories and we have companies that we can point to uh and a lot of times they struggled quite a lot to, to get there because i think that support network maybe wasn't uh wasn't as tangible or, you know it wasn't explicit and it wasn't theirs like offering to to make those kind of connections i think or yeah you know give you the the steps <laughs> yeah. or give you the framework to to do something like that right to kind of make your like express your interests or <laughs>
1: yeah have your direction come through <laughs> yeah. something that that kyle talked about earlier was um uh, when we were walking it was that that music festival that you guys had here Mm-hmm. and um they didn't they didn't want to mix their brand with your brand right mm-hmm. and they they took up they took like this prideful thing right and i think a, a a part of building that community that you guys are trying to do with Tech Mill and Stoke is maybe abandoning that pride like you you have to sure you have to have a little bit of an identity but if you want people to come in and like take ownership of the community and give first um you know you got to be willing to partner with somebody that you know you might not have thought to partner with or you've got to be willing to give some kid a little bit of autonomy to you know try and maybe fail or that kind of thing and it's it's hard to it's hard for it's hard to like i don't know like push push your baby bird out of the nest kind of thing like (laughs) it's hard to like give someone else the leash for your dog you know it's like you all right go ahead like brand the event don't (laughs) don't screw it up yeah yeah i mean there's other people (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, and one of the things we did early on when we started TechMill, um, so we maintain a meetup calendar mm-hmm. and uh, we really encourage anyone who has any tech related event or series that they, they run, mm-hmm. put it on our calendar. You know, we, you, we have over a thousand people, 1200 yeah, people now a lot. Um, mm-hmm. on our calendar. And so, uh, you know, if, if it kind of, if your event fits within our realm or our scope of, of community, Um, we want you to be a part of that. We want you to use our platform of our members and advertise through them because if if it helps build up the community, then we want you to be a part of it and we want you to help contribute. Um, I think, I mean, for a long time, while Node School has its own branding and its own thing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you were running it, it, Dan, before you were a a board member, um, we really wanted the Node School event to be under the technical flag because we wanted people to associate nodes not just node school with tech Mil, but like associate education with tech mill and node school is one of those avenues in which we could do that yeah um along with the workshop series along with little rb and, and all these other things mm-hmm. um so i mean we we're, we're talking about we're getting a little short on time but while we're talking about kind of community support systems um i know we were talking about a little bit last night about can, com, uh, companies getting involved in the community. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there are a few that you mentioned in Tampa that are really adamant about being involved and continually being involved. Um, what advice would you give to, you know, a company who might not currently be involved or is not sure if they want to be involved, um, and how they can contribute back to their local tech or startup community? Sure. If I were a company, I would be
1: thinking about giving back or contributing to your tech and startup community as a marketing cost. I would I would not think about it as philanthropy. I would think about it as you're looking for outcomes um, and you're looking for you're looking for a way to boost your credibility locally. you're looking for a way to find talent locally, you're looking for a way to find business locally. Um, and instead of spending it on Facebook ads or spending it on uh, you know, some some random marketing strategy uh take your what was previously philanthropic efforts go local yeah well go local bro (laughs) no take your take what you previously saw as a philanthropic effort and make it like a department like make it take it as seriously because if you do you can gain a lot like as a business um, if you just like throw money at TechMill and say that eh, TechMill, do the thing Maybe you don't see the returns that you're looking for or you, you kind of feel good about it And you write it off in the taxes, but you're not seeing those direct returns. But if you say all right TechMill, here's $2,000 for an event, right? Here's $2,000, you know, you know what we want at the event We obviously want an event presence and we want you to put us in the branding and all that jazz There's certain things that come with with that but we are going to invest our people's time To Be a part of your event like we're going to have our people shaking hands with your attendees We're going to invite your attendees to come to our business and like share what they learned We're going to share our resources and knowledge with your attendees and what you've built and when you do that The returns you see are so much greater than if you just like threw money and said put our logo on the flyer, right? Yeah, you are investing in people. Yeah. Yeah And that's that's the collisions like that's Mm -hmm. the sauce that's that's how you see returns as a business where it's where previously it might have just been like this ambiguous thing. Treat it like a marketing strategy, treat it like a talent acquisition strategy, treat it like a business, like revenue generation strategy. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, you can do it. Like if you're running a functioning business or development house or whatever it is you do and didn't like, you are a capable human. That's that can probably figure out the ways to turn a startup weekend into something profitable. Because I've I've seen it done before. Like I've seen companies get scooped up. I've seen talent get scooped up. I've seen companies like just get straight to bot afterwards. Well, if
2: I had a product team, you know, if I, if my company was big enough, or if we even were a tro- a product team, I think just attending a startup weekend and like oh yeah like here's a set of principles that you can use like i oh yeah i heard you (laughs) it's funny er, like earlier asking some of the the questions about like how do we kind of we didn't ever say like identify our audience or like you know cater to people or figure out their needs but you can use that framework when it comes to whatever your business is to just get increased kind of customer validation and Sure. buying and like making sure that you're focusing on the right things
1: sure i think that so, there's so much for anybody to learn in the startup weekend yeah. whether you're an established business or not it's, it's great for morale it's great for like creativity thinking on the fly teamwork, it's fun it's fun yeah, yeah it's i think it's it's hugely important for the community but it's also directly beneficial for existing teams to yeah. go and explore those those options yeah
0: i mean and that's how like uh, coca-cola became a global sponsor of startup weekend was because they started out as a I think one of the people at Startup Weekend did a corporate innovation kind of Startup Weekend inside of Coca-Cola. They ran a Startup Weekend inside of Coca-Cola wow. like in Atlanta, Georgia. And, uh, you know, now that that had been a thing for a while where they had, uh, you know, Shashi Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a organizer or facilitator out of Portland, and uh, he works for Intel now, but he was doing corporate innovation training uh, through Startup Weekend at corporations, right? So he would go into... Companies like Intel or Coke or whatever, and basically run Startup Weekend inside for you know new product ideas, new um, you know things they wanted to try out, and using all these principles and methods you learn throughout Startup Weekend and applying them to just an in-house team. You yeah. know? and I think there's a lot of people who could benefit from that, like you were just saying. So,
2: yeah, and I think those those, those principles are re- really really uh, like I'm I'm normally not. Uh, to like too interested when it comes to like marketing strategies and it's you know all this stuff like I big kinda, buzzwords. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tend to like my, my eyes start to droop, but I think just learning it, it. It wasn't like like these four principles. It's like this is how you get answers to questions. <laughs> like right. like this is how you craft better questions to get better information. This is thinking about. Qual- like, um, it like get a process, get have something to fall back on. So yeah. when you don't know
1: a framework, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, Trey, so Trey, how can uh, I mean, I know you're not from Denton, and you're probably not going to come back uh, anytime soon, but we hope you do. Sure. Uh, but anyone who might want to reach out to you, how would they get a hold of you? Sure. Uh,
1: so I've I've tried to cut down on. All of my social media there okay. you go but mm-hmm. I, I I've, cu- I've kept three that are directly practically useful for me um, so if you're interested in like my art and design you can go to Instagram if you're interested in my portfolio of businessy things you can go to LinkedIn and if you're interested in seeing like more highlight real personal stuff you can go to Facebook because that's kind of what Facebook is and the handle for all of them is Trey Carl three the number three no spaces Um, If you want to reach out to me directly, you can email me at trey.cas3 at gmail.com.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, that's all I have for today. Cool. Cool. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, Yeah. All right, I'm just going to go ahead and kick it off. Okay. Ready? Can
2: we do, like, vocal warm-ups? Oh. Like, meow, meow, meow. Demon. Peter Piper picked up. A pick a pick a pick a pick. Peter Piper picked up. Pop, pop. Poop. Poop, poop.
1: I will go home. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that sounds so good on a
0: Everything sounds great
2: recorded. (laughs) Oh, my face hurts. Okay.